0: Three, two, one, roll the
1: footage.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And my guest today is the founder and CEO of Growth Labs, a direct marketing agency helping clients get more leads and sales. When he isn't madly mashing away at his keyboard writing copy for his clients, he's hanging out with his kids, getting punched and kicked in the head. He's training uh, MMA or floating around in the ocean somewhere. He's currently working on taking direct response copywriting to the next level by combining marketing, human psychology, and mentalism into
1: one. Welcome, everybody. Willy Wang. Thank you so much for having me on Simon. Is it Simon or Simon? Am I saying it right? Simon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man.
0: So cool to have you here. And we will talk LinkedIn ads, how to start, how to do it right, how to not to spam. Very <laughs> I'm right, LinkedIn. Yeah. So right now, what are you currently creating?
1: Uh, so as you said, I'm creating, I'm trying to create an experiment, uh, with copywriting. So kind of two main things I'm working on first is the copy. So I'm a copywriter by a profession, by trade. Um, you don't doing it for a little while now, and I always want to try and take things to the next level and see what kind of works. So one of the main things I'm doing is I'm trying to study psychology, uh, trying to study magicians, mentalists, and really use a lot of the human elements. And thinking and psychology behind copy to incorporate that into what my clients are trying to do, um, and see if that works a little bit better than you know traditional copy with with the templates and scripts and things like that. So um, that's probably the first thing I'm working on, which is really interesting, uh, passion project of mine. Uh, the second thing I'm doing is, you know, we as an agency help a lot of our bigger clients on board, but I always feel like there's a little bit of a gap there where smaller businesses sometimes might even need to help a little bit more, but because of the scale and the economics, it's just not feasible for us to help them. So the second thing I'm working on is actually creating smaller products that's more bite-sized, uh, that's more affordable, and that business owners can come through and and buy and learn for themselves. Um You know, that one is a bit of a, um, something I've been trying to do for many years. I think one of the problems with traditional courses is that the completion rate or success rates are only about two to 5%, whereas I want to flip that and have a 92 to 95% completion rate. So, you know, trying to figure out how things work, put it together, and um, yeah, it's kind of what I'm working on.
0: If somebody does not even know what copywriting is right now, what is it? Why does it matter? (laughs)
1: So, copywriting to put it pretty simply is uh, a fancy word for writing things, putting onto a page or website, and having someone take direct action from that copy. So, for example, if you see all the words in a Facebook ad, a copywriter put those words together. If you see a website, someone probably did the copy. Copy it literally just means words. Um, and copywriting, you know, the way I look at it is. How can I get thoughts onto a paper and when someone reads it, it tells a story, it gets some kind of emotion and it ultimately gets them to take an action, whether it's buying a product, signing up for something, you know, how can we get someone to take action based on the words on a page?
0: I had for, for years, for decades, no idea what copywriting is and why it's important. And I was running a, a global business and then I, I realized it around two years ago that it makes such a difference, the one word, if if it generates action or not, if it's repeatable or not, if it resonates or not. And now we have a a series of emails, 35 emails in 35 days. And basically that's our main sales representative 24 seven. And people jump on our phone and say, and I say, what's your hope for this call? And they say, I want to have emails like you.
1: (laughs) I'm going for that right now. Your emails are really good, man. I'm very, very impressed.
0: And I am not a copywriter. I'm just learning this. So imagine people, if you have Willy Wang, this is really (laughs) important. This is really important. And uh, I realized the relevance of this quite late but it cannot be stated enough how important a good copywriting is so tell us what is what are the typical mistakes that you see what should we do right
1: yeah so it's um, i think typical mistakes and you know copy doesn't really come naturally to everyone but the biggest thing i see a lot of people doing the wrong way is talking about themselves or their products too much with the features. So for example, if you're trying to sell a classic example, if you're trying to sell a pen, you know, a lot of people might come through and say, Hey, this is a fountain pen. It's really special because of the gold engraving." Whereas as a copywriter, I might look at that and say, well, what are people going to use it for? And what are the benefits going to be in their lives? So I might flip the script and say, imagine if you were going through and you had to sign a contract on your dream house or your dream job. Now, wouldn't you want to do that with a good pen and, and cement that deal? So it's really about taking yourself out of your own shoes, thinking about it from your customer's perspective and, you know, telling the story that your customer actually understands, using emotions, using stories, um, and just being human, you know, just trying to have a conversation on the page.
0: One thing that we are discussing a lot in our community, in our masterminds is, should we write to directly sell or should we write for cold, to warm up, to make hot, and then to sell two weeks later? And there are different philosophies. Some of them say, come on, go directly. There are the people who want this now. Go directly to the thing. Get them on your calendar. And then there are this the, the other school of thought that says, no, 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 no. You need to create 8 to 14 contact points. So bring them into your world and then nurture them. What's your take of
1: this? You know, I think I've been copywriting and marketing long enough to know that I'm often wrong. So if I go and say, hey, do this, sometimes when you get the data come back, it's actually uh, incorrect. So I always say, I, I don't know. But the truth is, I-, I don't, unless I've been in the market for a very long time, there's some industries that I've, you know, I instinctively know based on experience and Gut feel how it works but a lot of the times when i've got a new client i just say let's test it let's test to see which um which approach actually gets you better results let's test over a month or two months or three months what gives you the most revenue or what gives you the happiest customers and i'm a very sci- i use a lot of data and, and scientific measurements in how i write copy and i feel like if you just go with gut feel sometimes the way you think isn't exactly the way your audience thinks. That can land you in a bit of trouble. So um, I know it's not the answer, yeah, not a yes or no answer, but I just test everything and let the numbers tell me exactly how we should proceed.
0: Beautiful. Some people now are thinking, hmm, I should to- I should take copywriting seriously now. If they are the business owner, should they do it themselves? Should they train somebody in their team? Should they outsource it to a pro? What are what are the pros and cons?
1: Yeah, so um, the, the cons very immediately is a good copywriter is, is expensive um, in, in terms of, you know, how much they actually charge. Um, you know, they can charge up to thousands of dollars an hour, uh, depending on the projects I'm working on. That can be my rate as well. So the cons is, you know, if you're struggling for cash flow and funds, it may not be the right play for you. If your market isn't very competitive, you might not even need a professional copywriter. So that might be the other side of it as well. You might not need um, to have a world-class copywriter, how, how, however it is. But if they do have a bit of a budget, if they are in a kind of competitive marketplace, if they are spending money on marketing, advertising. I highly recommend getting someone who's very good at copy because it, you know the smallest thing can make the biggest difference. Um, and it's really hard to train someone up in, in, in this, in this area, because from my perspective, you need a lot of experience in understanding how copy flows. You need to understand some of the psychology. I mean, you just need to have practice and get an intuitive feel for how copy should come together. So if they want to train someone up, if they want to do it themselves, if they've got more time than money, definitely that's a path they can go down. But if they need results right now or instantly, hire someone good to do the job it can make you know they can pay for themselves many times over very very quickly
0: how often should we send stuff for example i am i was sending one email per week and now i realized it's not enough anymore in 2021 uh how often should people write their message to their people
1: um you know i've got a lot of clients with a lot of different answers. So some of my clients, they'll send two emails a day and their audience actually likes that. They respond better when they send two emails a day. Uh, some other clients of mine only send one email every two weeks and their audience seems to respond better to that. So it really depends on what product you're selling. So if it's you know a, a really long sales cycle, if you're, for example, selling software systems where the sales cycle can be six months, but the deal size is like $500,000, a million dollars, you don't want to be sending an email every single day, like, hey, have you heard about this? People need time to make a decision. Whereas if you're going through the other side then you're selling, for example, a course online that's only a few hundred or a thousand dollars, you should be sending it every single day just to keep top of mind, just to keep telling stories and inspiring people. So it really depends on your industry, your products and your services. Um, I would experiment and look at the unsubscription rate. So you know, if you start sending too many emails, your unsubscribe rate is going to go up. Uh, There's a certain point where you're going to feel that and it's going to hurt you a lot. Then you start going backwards and go, well, let's dial back a little bit. Let's go take it a little bit easier and let's see if we can lower this uh, unsubscription rate. So it really is a bit of an art, bit of a science, um, but i would test a lot of different things. And
0: you are also an expert on how to do LinkedIn the right way and even LinkedIn ads. So I'm super excited to dive into that after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprince.com. LinkedIn ads. Some, most people right now, oh, that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> What's your take?
1: Yeah. Um. My take is on the front end, yes, definitely more expensive than say a Facebook ads. So on Facebook, for example, um, the campaign. So we, as an agency, we do a lot of both. We, we don't do any Google ads or anything like that, but we do do a lot of Facebook advertising and a lot of LinkedIn advertising. Uh, Fa- LinkedIn is more expensive than Facebook on the front end. There's no doubt about that. On Facebook, if we're paying a dollar a click, $2 a click, you know, that's about standard. Uh, on LinkedIn, you might be paying 8 or $9 a click. So upfront, that cost is actually four to five times more than Facebook itself. The other side, though, is that the leads that you can get or the clicks that you can get on LinkedIn, they're actually high quality. So um, on LinkedIn, it might take them a little bit longer to to look at what you've got. It might take a little bit longer of a nurture, but if you track it over time, you might actually find that the end result or the return that you get is actually better on LinkedIn than it is on Facebook for some products and some businesses. So yes, you're gonna have to wear that upfront expense, but if you have a good um, process, if you have a good customer flow, a good nurture funnel, you know, people going through seeing a lot of content, if your sales team are really good with follow-ups, it's actually a really, really great channel. And it's just, it's not as competitive as Facebook. And you can r- really get into the right people, uh, especially if you're going after a B2B audience.
0: Let's go through an example where you have built such a LinkedIn funnel for a B2B client so that we can we can grasp it a little bit.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go for an example of, I can't quite name the client, but I will talk about the ads that were running and the process they had. So this was a B2B client um, looking at doing a physical product into a, a B2B space. So for, so for the clients. Uh, so one of the things that we did was we looked at their entire process of how their salespeople followed up, what happened when the leads come through and we worked on that part first. So we got the salespeople trained in what a LinkedIn lead actually looks like, what it does. We, set up the automation and then we went and said who is our ideal buyer so who in these businesses can actually come through and commit the budget to buy and linkedin advertising is amazing in terms of the the b2b targeting you can say i want to go after companies in this region of the world uh, in this industry and within these companies i want to target these titles so you can look at ceos owners founders Uh, marketing managers, you can really narrow it down to who it is exactly you want to be speaking to. So now we've got a good process for sales. Now we know exactly who we're we're targeting. We can start rolling out ads onto LinkedIn to push them back into the funnel. Um, So the funnel was quite simple. It was a two-step funnel. They enter their details to get some kind of promotion. Um, it then fired off that lead and gave them even more information, gave them um, you know, a number to call if they wanted to inquire immediately. But the lead got sent to a sales team who processed and followed up on, on, on the leads. Uh, it doesn't have to happen like that. I've got other clients who don't have a sales team at all, and they've just got an automated nurture sequence like, like what you have for about 35 days off the back of that. Um, the ad itself on LinkedIn, you know, it's it's actually more simple and more straightforward than Facebook. So on Facebook ads at the moment, you sometimes have to tell a really long form story because there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of resistance. People understand Facebook advertising now. So it's harder and harder to get that click. But on LinkedIn, it's a professional network. People are on there to do business, to network. Uh, You get less space for your ads, but that also means you've got to go more direct. So you can just call that exactly what you do, the benefits of what your product does. And so the people who see the ads, click on the ads and opt into it, they've got more of an intention to actually buy. So that's why, you know, you've got a high quality of, of audience with potentially more money. You've got better targeting into that audience and you've got a message that directly causes the benefit. So if they're not interested, they're not clicking. Um, that all adds up to having a really good ad on LinkedIn. Um, keep it simple. You know, the graphics doesn't have to be fancy. We we do a lot of testing on our ads. And with this client of mine, one of the things that really, really surprised me and. When my team was putting into ads, I said, this is never gonna work. This ad is gonna be terrible. It was just a purple picture, a purple background. And the text was in yellow and it said, are you a CEO? And that ad just worked better than all of the other ads that we you know, designed to make really look beautiful and all that kind of stuff. That ad just works so, so well. So keep it simple. It's all about the back and nurture process. If you do that well, LinkedIn ads should work for you quite nicely.
0: Nice. And I heard 55 emails in 55 days. Is that correct?
1: Uh, no, so it depend, depending on the service and the products, um, you know, if, if that's, if you have 55 emails, hey, that's great. Um, I was kind of using using you as an example in saying 35 and 35. Ah, 35 right. emails in 35 days, but just as an example, every business is a little bit different.
0: All right, yeah, we have 35 and 35, but I'm curious uh, if, if 50 or 60 or 100 would be even better. And uh, we are testing and tweaking all the time. So I, I was curious if, if you have found a, a cadence or a, a number in terms of, of number number of emails that works better than, than others in specific.
1: Yeah, I think I'll talk about my own business. I've, I find that in, in Growth Labs, the way that we like to run it is I've got a 10-day sequence. So if someone opts in for any kind of lead magnet from us, they'll get an email every single day for 10 days. After 10 days, uh, we'll look at how often they've opened the email. So we've got automation software that marks them as having opened at least a few of them. If they have, we then push them into a, a one, um, you know, one email a week, just inertia sequence, high value, inviting them to events and webinars and things like that. Uh, the people who don't or haven't opened, a, you know, haven't opened many emails, we actually have another sequence, which is a, a sequence where it's like, hey, do you actually want this information? Um, and in that sequence, it's like, are you, opt, you opted in for this value piece? Have you had a chance to look at it? What do you think? Um, I noticed you haven't opened many of my emails. I don't want to waste your time. Do you still want to be on my list? Do you still want to get the value? If not, that's completely fine. Here's the opt out button. Um, but if you do, hey, you know, shoot me a message back. Let me know what you think of content so far. Cool. What are the three books that shaped you most? Sure. So um, number one, it has to be, I've got my bookshelf right behind me. So number one is always 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Uh, that is a book I read every single quarter, but only the first half of that book. So in the second half, you talked about outsourcing and things like that. Things change and tools changes so quickly. Um, I don't read the second half of it. The first quarter where it's about mindset and dreamlining, and life planning, that's the one I read every single quarter. Um, that's going to be number one. Number two is a book, Work Less, Make More by James um, It's uh, James Franco is a personal mentor of mine, a great friend of mine, and uh, you know so inspirational for me, and his book is all about essentially you know, having a life, working less, and making more money in the process. So I read that every quarter as well. Um, the third book I would have to say would be Built to Sell by by John Warillo, um, and you know it's an amazing book about how to structure a business and not be tied to it, um, and actually grow the business in in like the proper way. Um, and I might cheat actually, I might say a couple of extras, um, uh, the books by, by the, by the base camp guys, they're, they're always amazing. I love those ones. Um, and another cheat one is a, a fiction book called magician, uh, by, by, by Raymond Feist. Only reason I bring it up is because I read that about 20 years ago and it started my love for writing and storytelling. So that was quite influential for me throughout my life.
0: Beautiful. What? is next with Growth Labs. What are you excited about looking forward?
1: Yeah, I'm excited about potentially um, having more of an impact, making more of a dent on the universe. So um, as an agency, we do, you know, my goal is never to be the biggest agency. It's always to be the best agency in terms of our client results. But we're at the stage now where, I'm pretty happy with the size we're at. So we're not looking to grow the agency um, in terms of, you know, we're only selecting very specific clients that we know we can do an amazing job for. But there's so many other people that I speak to on a daily basis who aren't quite ready for an agency, but they do need some kind of help. So for me, it's all about moving down market a little bit and creating other products and other services that serves, you know, smaller businesses who might need more more of an extra, uh, just a helping hand.
0: And um, if you can pick one person for the strategy award, when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging, who
1: gets the award? So I think this might be a pretty obvious answer. Uh, James Schramko um, would get the award. Um, And the reason I say that is because, you know, when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, there was a lot of noise from, you know, some of the big gurus and they were like, you've got to hustle hard, you've got to work 18 hours a day, you know, uh, work seven days a week. And James from the very beginning for me has always been like, no, that's silly. You need your eight hours of sleep. You need to spend time with your family. You need to enjoy life and not just be stuck working. And so the, the way that James thinks about business and life and combining the two of them together has you know, kind of changed my mind about a lot of things. Um, and he's definitely someone who structures it in a way that a lot of the other gurus out there aren't talking about. But I think long-term, it's, it's the perfect play, a way to play business.
0: And who should be my next guest?
1: Man, have you had James Franco on? <laughs> I know I've named him a few times. Um, he, he'll be good. Um, there's a lot of really, really great people in my network that I think your audience will love to hear about. Um, there's James, there's someone else called um, named Randy Davis, who's a very, very private guy. He's built and sold 18 businesses. So um, started, grown, built, sold, you know, nine-figure businesses. Amazing guys to talk to, very experienced about business. Um, and, you know, John, John Warilla will be great to have on here. And a whole bunch of other people. So, um, yeah, there's so much good knowledge and good experience out there.
0: Beautiful. Where can people find your services, read more about you? Uh,
1: So, the best site at the moment is growthlabswithaz.com. So that's growth and L A B Z.com. Or just shoot me an email to info at growthlabswithaz.com.
0: Info at growthlabswithazine.com. Thank you so much, Willie, for being here. Come back soon.
1: Thanks for having me on, Simon. Appreciate it.
0: Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with
1: one-on-one Sprint Coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.